0: I got my power pole down, stuck in the mud in the bottom of the lake, sitting so still in the wind and the waves. Could even be a hurricane. I got my power pole down. I'm gonna make another dead-on pinpoint gas, catch myself a big old bass and another one. Hey gang, Mark Zona with you here and welcome to the PowerPole Podcast, where we power pole down once a month to talk about news, events, share stories, and answer questions about power Pole Total Boat Control. Not only that, we're going to sit down with some of the best in the fishing world. Fishing guides, professional fishermen, experts to learn firsthand how they use power Pole anchors, accessories and technology in different scenarios in all types of fishing. Captain C.A. Richardson,
1: welcome back to the PowerPole Down podcast.
2: Well, it's good to be back. I, I look forward to doing the podcast with you, Todd, from time to time. And, and with PowerPole literally being an anchor sponsor, I mean, truly an anchor sponsor. <laughs> right. For, both, for the, both the show and me personally as a professional fisherman over the last 20 years, It's it's just, you know, Anytime I can be a part of something that Powerpole's involved in, I want to do it.
1: Yeah, it's uh, you know, we say it all the time that that Powerpole really changed the face of fishing, both uh, freshwater and saltwater. And I know it's been a long history, and it, the cool thing is they just celebrated 20 years uh, in business in in a big uh, big celebration at ICAST, which which was really awesome, really awesome.
2: Well, and it's 20 years of innovation and reliability and all the things that come along with probably the best customer service brand in the fishing industry. Uh, I cannot tell you how many times that sentiment has been resonated to me personally through both clients, other professionals, uh, random people that see my powerful wrap truck when I'm at a a gas station or a tackle shop come out and say, Oh man, you guys are great. I, I, that company, it just rocks. If I got a problem, they solve it. There's no questions. There's never a disappointment. They always over deliver. I mean, they've really made the reputation that way. It, it it makes you feel good about driving around because I drive an assault vehicle basically. And I've got about the biggest billboard there is rolling down the road for those guys. <laughs> and it, it sure does help to know that they've got tons of fans. out
1: there. Absolutely. Absolutely. And you know, it, it, it starts at the top with John. I mean, he is from day one, I had several discussions with him about, you know, the early days of power and, you know, customer service and doing the right thing was, was number one on his list, you know? So, it's, John's uh, always
2: been a warrior, an
1: absolutely. innovator
2: and a warrior. He's very competitive. He doesn't come across personally that way when you first meet him. Right. But listen, the guy wants to beat you at every turn, whether he's just out fishing with you or if you're a competitive company. And John John makes sure that he produces ideas and, and products that go along with those ideas like no other brand. It, it's it's really great. and Just the, the whole DNA there at PowerPole and JL Marine was just, it's next level. It's, it's not like these big corporate entities. It has that big corporate feel, but it really isn't.
1: No doubt. No doubt. Well, I I think before we get, uh, into kind of where you're at now and what's going on in the world of Captain CA Richardson, how about a little recap from tarpon season? I know I saw a lot of pictures on Facebook and Instagram and it looks, looks like you had a great season. Unbelievable season. Uh
2: and and I don't know what to really it wasn't as if the numbers were any greater than they were any other season. I think a lot of it has to do with I've had I don't know with some of these guys probably about fifteen years to coach them up to be better clients and they've become more seasoned. Right. And we don't make those rookie mistakes that we did before. Uh, quite honestly, we almost had a fifty percent landing average this year. I think we were at point four nine four for the season, and that was pretty impressive. I mean, no kidding. You're saying that's one for two every time. Uh, and we had we, we had some we had some solid catches in the top five. Uh, Clay Albers, who's a Hell's Bay owner and lives up here in Louisiana, he came down, fished with me for a couple of days, a couple of four or five days, and he ended up getting the largest tarpon. Uh, he had a 140-pounder. And wow. you know you hear stories, Todd, of these guys catching 180 and 190-pound tarpons. Those are just guesstimates, trust me. When right. you find a 140-pound tarpon, it takes you over an hour to land the fish. It just does. And if you, you properly measure the fish, you'd be surprised how many people are calling 140s, 190s. But we right. had a 140. We had a guy from Texas come out. He got a 131, uh, had a 134 this year. We had a 128 from Joe Rotarius uh, right there near a Um, I had Mike Shipley from the Florida Keys. He got his 125. We had a lot of fish over 100 pounds this year. And between the, the gear, uh, Falcon was good enough to build me a, a, a tarpon rod special this year that was about two powers higher than the, the season per, uh, prior to. Mm-hmm. And I think that helped a, a great bit. And, sure. um, we just, you know, execution was perfect this year. And and I can't say enough about the the guys that I share the boat with and the ladies. It just, you know, we had some decent weather. I mean, uh, for me, decent weather sometimes is a little bumpy west wind, Todd. You know, it keeps right. a lot of the, the folks off the beach. And and those, those kind of days where it's a little testy on, you know, up and down in the boat. Uh, they make fishing really good, especially target right. fishing.
1: Yeah, especially in that you know that clear water out there along the beach. It's um, I, th- I think that little bit of turbulence and and really helps you get a little closer and make that presentation just a little less noticeable. Uh, you know,
2: there, there's absolutely no doubt. There's no doubt that a little a little you know sketchy wind and a and a little bit of turbid water definitely helps the bite and that helps the bite across the board, no matter what type of fishing you're doing. Sure. It, even while I'm out here in Louisiana, it's kind of helped me a little bit with, with, uh, with cloudy water conditions. Believe it or not, it makes it a little tougher for guys to, to see the fish, but uh, we've overcome that with different baits that have been, been, really effective out here. That's, that's changed the game for us. This uh, early part of the trip that I've been out here, but I've only had three sets of clients so far.
1: Yeah. So uh... In the tarpon season, was there any particular new baits that worked better or techniques that you changed up this season? Give us a you little what, inc- insights on that.
2: You know what worked really well for us this year was the Z-band jerk shads in both the 5-inch uh, sizes and the 7-inch size. There were days where we had you know, a little bit of spitty rain and some cloud cover and the wave action that was difficult for guys to stand up. So I had one particular gentleman, Mike, my K, he was sitting in my helm seat, and I just had him blind cast while I stood up there and held on. And I'd only have him stand when I could see carpet. But right. I go in the meantime, why don't you blind cast this seven-inch bubble gum Z-Man jerkshed? I'll be doggone, Todd. The guy ended up sticking three fish over six hours blind casting a bubble gum jerkshad. <laughs> I mean, That's so awesome. so pink and dark colors, uh, root beers and and licorice black. Those are colors that are seen very well by tarpon in off color or low light situations because they silhouette so good. They mm-hmm. look very natural. Whether it appears to be a crab to them because the body of a jerk shad is a little wider at one end and trails off to a, a fluke style tail, so it almost looks like the trailing arm hanging behind behind the bait. Right. Uh, whether they believe it's a crab and it's just something easy because my guys aren't twitching this bait; they're just straight reeling it back. I mean, okay, and then and then. I say this, I do a Instagram live every Monday night. We call it hashtag Monday night fishing. Mm-hmm. And I've been doing that for the last two and a half, three months now. And we'll have 250, 300 people on there. And I cannot believe how many people overlook the color pink, bubble gum or pink is such a home run color. Um, no, it doesn't look like anything in nature. It really doesn't. But they see it. It's a visible color that fish can see from a greater distance. And I'd have to say it's probably in my top five colors that I keep in all my, all my tackle boxes
1: and tackle bags for any scenario. You know, I remember last, last time you were on the podcast, we were talking about pink and uh, you know, I really need to get some in my tackle box. I still don't have any, but you know, now you said it again, I'm going to have to go and get some (laughs) for sure. For sure, it works. Any any crazy stories or you know like that one that you'll never remember from the season? We all have those. Was there any that you know that come to top of mind that you'd want to share with everybody?
2: Well, here here's a story. I'll try to make it quick. It, It 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 was a it was a little bit different. I had a brand new client on the boat. He's from East Texas, and being that I didn't have any rapport with him. And he had never tarpon fish. He did. I, I thought I clued him in enough to start out well. Well, we dropped two fish pretty quick, and then we had a long dead. I mean, probably four hours of doing nothing but sharing stories. But then, toward the end of the day, when the tide turned again, uh, right on the tide change, we got a hookup, and he's fighting the fish. And the fish, after about 35 minutes, it's an average size fish, 80 to 90 pounds fish it it appears like it's going to surfboard right up next to the boat well i had just i put a a really big engine on the back of my marquesa now so i don't like to leave the engine run while i reach to grab a fish because if someone hits that throttle by accident going around we're all going to be out of the boat so i took the time to to take the take the key and turn it off and everything like that and i moved over and it appeared like i could make a quick move i got down on one knee and grabbed it with my right hand I grabbed the tarpon. So I had the tarpon. I couldn't believe it. It wasn't like he was struggling to get away or anything. It made me feel relaxed as the guide. Well, I want to reach up with my other hand, my left hand, to grab the leader. And when I went to grab the leader, I noticed the leader was tight. I'm used to teaching all my clients. I was like, open the bale as soon as I grab the fish because we don't want a tight line. Right. And sure enough, I'm looking back to find out where Dell is. He's standing on my rear deck with a rod, all bowed up and loaded. And I, and that fish that looked totally relaxed, started to shake its head and the hook bounced out because I was holding onto him so tight. It created just enough slack. And guess what happened to that hook? Went <laughs> right through two fingers oh, in my left, oh, 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 no. right through it. Oh. So this guy happens to be a male nurse, but he's, uh, he's an assistant to an anesthesiologist. So he doesn't do a whole lot of trauma stuff. Right. And he's looking at that and goes, Oh, that doesn't look good. I was like, no, it's not good. so uh, but i was not concerned unbelievably so i'm the tim allen of anglers out there professional (laughs) anglers i probably put a hook through me about twice a year but this is a big carbon steel six-aught tarpon hook so i go okay gosh go go back to the rear compartment open it up pull out the baggie with the clines they weren't clines they were these wire biters And I go to cut the hook because I pulled the one index finger off, so it was just through the middle finger all the way through. And it won't won't cut it. I'm bearing down. In fact, I actually said, "Dell, turn your phone on. We're going to do a little how-to video on how to pull a hook out. And then you see me gripping this thing, and I'm biting down as hard as I can, and I cannot cut that hook or snap it off. So then I I go, Dell, turn the phone off not gonna work. <laughs> I proceed to call every one of my buddies you know Brian Captain Brian Chamberlain he's a hell's bear Nick Angelo Greg Peterson I'm calling them all I was like hey you guys got any side biters on any of your boats that'll cut a carbon hook out I've got one run through my hand and they're like well let me see if it'll cut the hook in my boat oh dude it won't even cut my fly hook da, da, da. they go back and forth anyhow I decide that I'm gonna have to go back to the truck at the rent. I go back there and actually my bolt coat, bolt cutters, Todd, are big enough to cut a padlock, but too big to cut a hook out of my
1: finger. Oh,
2: geez. Here comes Brian Chamberlain racing up. He runs to the back of his, his truck. He pulls out a pair of pliers that are climbs that were probably cut it, but it's so rusty that he's spitting on them and trying to force them in and out to try to get them to move. <laughs> oh, and I go, Brian, if I did not need a tetanus shot, before this, I definitely will need one after we cut it with those plugs. <laughs> Fortunately for me, Dr. Steve Updegraff that does all the LASIK surgery there in town in St. Petersburg uh-huh. happened to pull up in his new, you know, suburban with the Marquesa behind it, all the trimmings that he had. I was like, certainly this man has a toolbox with something in it that we're going to cut this. up. And sure enough, he had a pair of ice grips with a nail biter in there, popped it right off. All I had to do was irrigate it really good with some hydrogen peroxide in my boat. I, I super glued both holes and went back to fishing. Oh, my gosh.
1: Yeah, so I see. That,
2: that's a highlight. That was, that, that was one of the uh, viral videos that took off on my Instagram account this
1: year. <laughs> yeah, I do and, remember. And, I, fact, and,
2: and get this. Get this. I must have had four sets of cutting pliers sent to my house after that. from <laughs> <Barry> to, <laughs> That's awesome. <laughs> well, you're set now. Oh, I'm set now. Oh, yeah, I, I'm the guy. I'm the guy to know on the beach. If you run a hook through your hand.
1: <laughs> <laughs> ah, well, let's hope that ha- doesn't happen again soon. I'll tell you that. Oh, no kid. Oh, well, Louisiana, I know you're, you're, you're calling in from, from Cajun country. How's it going out there this year? It, you know, this is a phenomenal
2: lodge. Uh, I'm very fortunate. This is your seven here at this lodge for me. Uh, Prior to that, I stayed at places that just weren't that nice, and, and it was very much a, a arduous task to, to get going every day and then break all your gear down here. It's so safe. You leave everything outside your boats. And, uh, and you're at Cajun,
1: Cajun Fishing Adventures, right?
2: Yeah, Cajun Fishing Adventures. It's Ryan Lambert's place out here. He can sleep up to 35. It's got a big common uh, space where there's dining tables and pool tables and a big you know area to watch big-screen TV. And it's just—it's really great. The food here is—it just rocks. Uh, it, it's definitely a sportsman's paradise, and the fishing out here is always spectacular. You bring a bunch of Florida clients out here that have never been here, and they see how uh, readily you can catch these fish on just about anything—top water, spinner baits, chatter baits. Uh, site fishing with flies i mean it's just it's it's an incredible experience out here it it truly is i've had three sets of clients so far and we have caught about 96 redfish uh with the first three sets of clients so i mean that that tells you a lot and a lot of black drum as well and some big yeah
1: i tell you it's um you know i haven't been out there to fish Louisiana. i've been you know threatening you for years to come out and fish with you. And you know what? I'm almost afraid to, because I think it's going to ruin everything else that I have done. You know, when I come back Uh, to Florida, the uh, fishing here in Florida is fantastic, but nothing like Louisiana. And it's just one of those things, you know?
2: No, it's, uh, it's definitely the easy button out here. Everything is, is very, uh, predictable as far as tide height. You need lower water heights to fish the marsh where it keeps them out of the grass and you can get to them. The higher water phases, we spend fishing the bull redfish off the points and the little bit deeper water, anywhere from four to ten feet of water. We're out there, and you can catch them on topwaters out there. You can catch them on half ounce spinnerbaits out there. Uh, I catch a lot of them on the mirror, uh, the mirror lure XXL Mirrodine out there. Uh, pop and cork fishing is ridiculously easy out there, um, with uh, and that's basically just the loudest, most obnoxious popping cork you could possibly own and with about 24 inches of 50 or 60 pound liter material right. to a quarter ounce jig head with almost any plastic. But if the plastic is white or pink, it's, it's, it's a goner. It is an wow. absolute goner. I mean, it's, it's crazy how good the fishing is here. It really is.
1: So what's, what's a typical day like for your clients when they come out there? I mean, you start super early. What, what does it look like? We do. Breakfast is usually served here at 5.45 a.m. and by
2: 6.45 a.m. we are literally in the water here and on our way into the marsh. And every day is an adventure. You don't know what you're going to see. We, you, naturally, you see tons of alligators, but you, right. you see nutria running around in the marsh. Uh, sometimes you'll see coyotes out here swimming across or small deer. You see... Uh, Naturally, the, the, the fish themselves are pretty impressive. If I showed you some of the pictures uh, with my latest client, Rick Carnish, we were fishing in these wild oak type of uh, aquatic plants that are above the surface. It looks like corn. It looks like we're fishing in Iowa uh, wow. and catching these giant tailing black drum. And once you kind of learn the nuances of how to time the tide falling right. out, and get those spots with the wind blowing it out in the same direction, you'll find these little drains that are not so obvious. But once you learn what you're looking for with the duckweeds coming out through them, you know that is definitely a drain. You can literally post up like you're sitting in a blind. And as the fish swim out of that heavy grass into those open little coolies before they get to the bayou, you, you can sit there and pick them off. It is the greatest turkey shoot of all time. (laughs) <laughs> that sounds like
1: a blast. So you just power pull down and I just in the- power pole. What I did right.
2: yesterday is I power pulled down on the edge of the marsh because I put my power pole on my uh, port side of my boat and I was on the right side of this coolie. And then I took my uh, power pole stick it pin. I have one of those power pole pins yep. and I cleated it off to the front. I stuck it in the bank. That way I couldn't move. Cause in a skiff like mine, you don't need two power poles. That right. Stick it. And the power pole will keep my boat from moving at all. So we were part of the bank in a, in a sense. And we just stood there. And you would just watch them. They'd slowly just swim out. And we would just throw chatterbaits to them. And those chatterbaits sound just like a shrimp or a crab, the clicky little noise that they make. And you just, you just bump it off the bottom and just hop it. And you'll see the fish, they'll swim out and they'll tip right down on the on that jig. And, and you'll see their body almost spasm as they inhale it. Boom. <laughs> and I was like, Rick, you can real tight now. He's got
1: it. <laughs> oh, that's it's just how, crazy how fun, fun and
2: visual, guys. It's the most visual fishing that you'll ever do out here. I mean, we stalk the marsh all throughout the day, but I love the falling tide fishing those drains. It's it is literally a conveyor belt of redfish and black drum coming out of the marsh and it is a hell of a lot of fun for these guys to catch them and just having the the right the right you know idea of what to do means everything it's the difference between having a a 12 fish day and a 30 fish day
1: wow so if someone uh you know had a skiff or a a bay boat and wanted to come and stay is it easy to do you know do it yourself type of situation
2: I think if you came out here one time and fished with a guide for two or three days, you yeah. feel more comfortable doing it because, like any other place, there's so much. Right. Uh, it's so vast that it's overwhelming. So you might you might feel like you don't know where to go, and there right. are a lot of because the water is off color. Like we have a high river this year, uh, it's hard to know where it's safe to run. Right. Uh, and there's a lot of debris floating down the river. I ran down the Mississippi yesterday, and there were all kind of tree trunks in the water and poles and chunks yeah. of wood. And you have, to, you have to be real vigilant and understand that there are, there are dangers everywhere. And there are a lot of gas and oil and energy companies out here that leave a lot of stuff in the water. So you have to know those runs. So my opinion, I would always hire a local professional guide here in Louisiana first. Yeah. And, and do one trip out here that way and understand the main veins that you can run off of, but yeah, you're going to be successful doing it yourself. It's a lot easier with a guide, but you're going to be yeah. successful doing it yourself for sure.
1: Right. Well, it's definitely easier than trailing a boat all the way out there. Just fly out and fish for yeah, a few just, days and yeah, fly maximize out, your time for sure. Yeah, and, there,
2: and there's a variety of guides here. There are some of them that like to fish the bay boat style and do the big fish thing there's uh and, and they fish for a lot of trout. Sheepshead are unbelievable here right now. I mean, sheepshead to 10 pounds that oh, they're wow. catching it, it. and then, uh, and then there are, you know, local guides here uh, that will take you fly fishing. And if you want to just sight fish with spin gear and say, Hey, that's all I want to do. There are guides that will do that. I mean, there's a lot of right. us traveling Florida anglers that come out here every year and we pay the fees right. and, and, and hook up with a lodge to do this as single operators. But we only come out for, a, you know, a limited number of weeks to do that. I
1: mean, right. it's hard to stay married if, if if you do it any longer than a few <laughs> weeks. Uh, well, so when uh, so when does that season wrap up for you, and when do you head back?
2: Well, I will finish
1: up at the end of this
2: month. So I'm going to head back the very last few days of August. So okay. I got here right after ICAST, and, and it was delayed a few days this year because Barry came barreling through the Gulf right uh, delayed me by about 5 days so i got here like the 21st i think of july and i will be here until about august 28th or august 29th and then i'll head home i think it's august 29th i head home and then uh and then i will not fish in september because remember i've been going full bore through tarpon season i had one week off for icast and then here for almost 6 weeks right so for me going to it's september is going to be a quiet month until we run up against the herman lucerne tournament right and it'll be my neck that'll be my next move i'll take two weeks off at home catch up on a lot of honeydews and just kind of relax and try to stay out of the sun for two weeks and then i'll go to um i'll go down to south florida and, and fish in the greatest backcountry tournament in uh in the southeast which is the herman lucerne memorial backcountry tournament and it benefits the everglades and captains for clean water
1: yeah, I know. I'm, I'm really excited about this year's tournament. It's, um, you know, I've been involved with that tournament for a number of years and it's definitely one of my favorites and, you know, being so busy as we all are, it's, it's generally one of the times I know I can get to the keys and, you know, it has such a, such a rich history. And I know you've done so much and PowerPool's done a lot to support that tournament over the year and maybe give us a little. You know, history from your perspective of the tournament and how you got involved and
2: the 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 successes, really. Yeah, I remember the tournament when it was way back in the 90s and uh, there were other boat companies and stuff associated with it back in those days. And bass was one of the which they brought bass back to be one of the seven species. But the challenge has always been in that tournament. That you have to take down seven species and you got two days and and you know you you've got your little shopping list that you've got to accomplish and trust me you are fishing against the best of the best of South Florida so if you're from outside the area you've got your work cut out for you unless you hired a a local professional so it is it is a ton of fun though I mean the camaraderie is great the party is great. The auction items are absolutely at the best they've ever been. Um, you can silent auction online now. You don't even have to be there. Uh, the The quality of the tournament, the caliber of the people there, are it's 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 a very top notch event. And the Trotta family that has has really hosted this thing now uh, has done a great job. Kelly and Richard really have done a great job for uh, Dr. Lloyd Rubel, who was basically Herman's protege and. Right. and really is a mentor to us and, and keeps us connected to the history. But, uh, boy, there's some, there's some awesome fishing to be had. And even, even if you go down there with the sentiment in mind, you're like, listen, I'm going down there to have a, a good time. We're going to have some great food. We're going to do some awesome fishing. And you're not really a competitive type. It's still an awesome tournament. Uh, you're going to walk out of there feeling like you were a part of something that, that really was special. And I think the, the corporate sponsors that are a part of it, you know, the Roods and the Power Poles and Falcon Rods and, and these brands, they, they have built a loyalty amongst the people that are participating because they're putting the money, all the proceeds towards efforts to make Florida better, make water right. quality better, you know, help the park out. I mean, the park, the park has been in, in such I mean, peril. The last 10 years, it's been really tough with water quality issues. And and now partnered with uh, BullSugar.org and partnered with Captains for Clean Water. I mean, we're starting to see differences. I talked to David Stutes. He came out here. He's another Hells Bay Owners Group guy that fished with me for a couple of days. And he said that he's noticing that some grass is coming back. And the fishing has been outstanding. He's been fishing as professional over there quite a bit Flamingo. And those are encouraging because, you know, last year, I was there and it was like, wow, you know, the wind was blowing hard and it really made that place dirty. And we had to get out on some of the outside keys and stuff to really do well on the park. But sounds like this is going to be one heck of a tournament this year. And still, in spite of all that, that fishery is so good down there, Todd. How many, what were there? Three, seven fish species totaled in the fly division. Yeah. Last year it was amazing. That's ridiculous.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I can remember the first one you and I fished together. It was. I mean, we had a we had a blast, but it was a struggle to get four. I mean, yeah. and we've we've fished, you know, all our lives and professional guides, and it was it, it is really tough and, and a you, real you know challenge.
2: What did, you know what we did wrong? Other, <laughs> other than the fact that you're not allowed to bring alcohol in the park, <laughs> it would have been nice to have some papas on board. There you go. But uh, what we did wrong is we focused way too long on those doggone black drum.
1: All, I remember
2: that. Me, the black drum will not. Eat an artificial or a fly in September, and then I go back in December to fish, uh do a television show with Dave Denker and I couldn't shake one off a rod on a blind cast. I caught so many. And I
1: yeah. was like, where were,
2: where were these guys when we needed
1: them? Oh man, uh, yeah, the black drum has always been the nemesis. Really, it's for the me. nemesis. You're you're
2: way better off trying to catch a bonefish or or even a bass because at least you can go catch bass there somewhere in the back. But to catch a black <laughs> rob in September, it's it's like it, it, I don't know. They just have lockjaw. They will not eat. You can be yeah. fifty of them and they won't eat. They won't eat a jig. They won't eat a fly. I guess if you had some rotting shrimp on a bear hook, you might be able to coax <laughs> one to do it. But it's don't just know. so I think good. we
1: tried. I think we tried that too, and it didn't work. Yeah, man, it was brutal. I yeah. Mean, was, ugh. yeah, the Hermit Lucerne, it's a, well, what a fantastic tournament and, and foundation. And, you know, really the, the new focus, not only on the, you know, to improve the angling experience in Everglades National Park, but the, the new, uh, you know, water quality initiatives and focuses is, is, uh, is fantastic. And I know that, that also they've added some other events, you know, Clays for a Cause was the first year uh, we did that which was amazing at quail Creek, a sporting clays event and raised some good money. And then also they, they started a, uh, a tarpon cup, tarpon tournament down in Isla Mirada. Um, so lots of opportunities to, you know, support Herman Lucerne and you can go to Herman dot memorial.com and check out all the information. So, but I really, you know, over the years, appreciate your support for sure.
2: I don't no. Well I, I love being a part of that. That's 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 something I look forward to each and every fall. Uh, it it just kicks off the whole fall fishing season for me. You know, you go down there to South Florida, September's a great month to be in the Florida Keys just because the fact that it's more quiet, the traffic's not bad. Uh, you can eat at the restaurants you want to eat at without a long wait. And and the fishing rocks. And as soon as I get home, I'm ready to start my fall
1: fishing in Crystal River where it's it's always beautiful there. Right, right. So uh, how about Flash Class TV? How's that shaping up for the new season? Very good. Uh, Flash Class Television is, is has been on
2: now for 13 seasons. That's amazing. And year 14 is going to change quite a bit. We're making some changes. So okay. uh, you'll see a little bit different style, and you'll notice that this is more going to be toward online fishing school format because we're finding out through our YouTube following and in many of our live schools that the teaching aspect and the tackle segment is what people really want to see. So you're probably going to see something more along the lines of a flats class university type feel to this next season. And I think everyone that is a huge flats class fan is going to really appreciate it because our goal is to not only promote, you know, Stewardship of the environment and conservation—not uh, at the level that Benny Blanco and Waterman TV does it—but to uh, to really make everyone a better fisherman, a better fisherman. Because we know if people are out there catching fish, they're going to care more about the environment. Uh, no because if you lose interest in fishing because you're not you're not too good at it, you probably need to be playing golf or take up tennis lessons. If I can keep more of you guys off the golf course, more of you guys off the tennis courts. I got a feeling our water quality issues are going to be better. I say that tongue in cheek, really, but I mean it's right. the truth.
1: Well, you know, I think that's, that's true for, for PowerPole and for you and all the professional guides, you know, it's our job really to provide a better angling experience when you're out there. I think that was, you know, the essence uh, why John developed the PowerPole, right. To, to improve that experience and that tournament experience to begin with. But, man, it's, uh, it's all about helping everybody out and, um, you know, always appreciate the tips and techniques that you do on YouTube and, and here on the podcast. It's just, it's so important to keep people and kids, you know, invested and interested and excited and to about and getting on to the it, it,
2: And And to do that, you have, you have two young kids, uh, Certainly. you know, you, you have to make it fun and, yep. And, and and productive it has to be productive cuz kids now they're not they're not from our generation where it was just enough to be outside i mean they have to see they're they're into that instant gratification it's like we got to have results we got to have results and and yeah. we have the tools and the technology to have results but still you still have to have that fishy gene and slow down and understand what the fish are doing don't let the fish beat you most of the right. time you're beating yourself. That's what I find. I mean, anytime we're doing something, I was like, you know, we're trying to force something here. And if we just let it happen, it will happen.
1: Absolutely. Stick with it.
2: Stick, Stick with, with it. it.
1: Learn new techniques and situations and, you know, watch Flats Class YouTube channel. You Get a lot of good stuff on there these days for sure. Yeah,
2: my son, my son's taken over the marketing stuff for for us now, and, and and we're we're you know we do a lot of e-commerce now. There's a lot of custom baits, and we're we're basically building the show around more how-to, uh, less entertainment style, like it's been in the past. And not that I won't try to be entertaining. I promise, I will try to be, entertaining. <laughs> but uh, but because I always have that hint of sarcasm in everything that I do but for for the most part I, I really know my role in the industry is to help everyone become you know better anglers and a lot of that crossover stuff from from bass to coastal and coastal to bass really really rings through in my style of fishing um, case in point out here the, the number one lure that that has been effective for us since i've been out here is the chatterbait you know and no one thinks of a chatterbait as a as a saltwater bait but in these marshy zones when you're fishing around grass you know the chatterbait is your friend and the chatterbait draws strikes on we have a lot of rain that goes on out here it's been raining since i've been on the on the podcast with you uh it 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 really still gets maximum results You you don't have to see the fish it calls them to it so that that's yeah. a bait that works well in the Everglades, believe it or not. It works good in Northeast Florida. It works good in the area where I live up there in the nature coast. Right. And it's just an overlooked lore, but my my responsibility is to is to teach you as many new new tricks as I can so that you can experiment, keep fishing exciting. It's you know, I, I hate when people get locked into well, I just throw, you know, all I throw is a swim jig. That's it. That's all I do is I swim a jig or I use live bait. They don't. They don't try to to change it up, right? And uh, by changing it up and, and trying some outside the box techniques from time to time and some strategies, it makes a big difference. It really does. It makes fishing more fun. What the heck?
1: Absolutely. Well, I know another thing this fall, and one thing that we want to touch on today is uh, the charge. You know, yes. it's uh, scheduled to be released this fall. I know everyone's excited. I know that a lot of guys um, on the Bass Pro Tour, uh, Chris Lane in particular, ran it all season, performed fantastic. And I know there's a lot of people out there waiting for this new product to, to come. And it's it's on its way and really excited about that.
2: It's it's a game changer. Uh, I know that word gets overused a lot. Um but it is a game changer. It, if you're if you're the type of person that has got multiple batteries in your boat, if you're that angler, and you've got trolling motors, and your cranking battery gets drained down because your electronics are on, or you're charging your phones or your GoPro cameras, and um, you're cycling your power poles up and down all day long, moving around, and then you go to hit that key and it doesn't start, and it's like, oh, what do I do? That right. never happens when you own a charge from jail Marine is that that charge, the whole idea behind that is distributing the, the power within the battery system, right. where the trolling motor batteries and the cranking batteries are connected and it never allows that to happen. It always brings power back to where it's most needed and it's, it's monitoring it at all times. It's, it's like having the nest for your home for your boat, right. that, whole, that whole sea monster thing it's it's it, it basically it's alexa it's siri it's it's the nest all in one for your boat i mean when it's all said and done jl marine will own every accessory on your boat i promise you you'd be foolish not to think that it's not going to work out that way because they are the type of brand that it's like the tentacles coming off it they're going to own all the marine accessories on the boat and they're the ones you're going to want because going back to how this conversation started about John and, and, and his company is customer service reliability and the trust to know that it's never going to let you down those are the three legs that really that shore up this business and uh, you know I know I'm, I, I'm, a, I'm a huge advocate of PowerPoll and always have been and but for those that haven't haven't really tested the waters with them to see what they can offer you really should. Because it, it is a di- they're, they're a difference maker,
1: no doubt. Well, CA, you know, it's uh, it's always a pleasure, and I, I look forward to talking with you again. And we'll get to see you down at the Hermann Lucerne, excited about that. And and you know, have a great uh, great rest of the time there in Louisiana, and we'll all be following you on uh, social media. And you know us us that have to be in the office every day. It's um, we're living vicariously through you, for sure. Well, just know I'm suffering out here. I have to eat fried fish and shrimp every day while I'm here,
2: <laughs> by the time I leave. All right, CA, thanks again. Hey, thanks for having me on, Todd. I really appreciate it. poll down, buddy. All right, we'll see you.
0: Thanks for tuning in. If you have any questions or comments, just go to power pollcom and click on the chat tab. Stay up to date on our upcoming Poll podcasts and let us know that you tuned in by following and tagging us on Instagram, at power.pole and by using the hashtag PowerPoleDown. down. Thanks again, and we'll power down with everyone again soon. I got my power pole down. Stuck in the mud in the bottom of the lake. Sitting so still in the wind and the waves. Could even be a hurricane. I got my power pole.